relaxing whatever can be relaxed. area around your eyes, the jaw, Your whole face softening. Shoulders hanging loosely from the spine that ever so gently reaches towards the sky. your belly, any holding, (coughs) tightness, self-consciousness. Let your belly be soft.
to relax what can be relaxed, but whatever tension might remain, we permit to remain. sense of contacting the the aliveness of your body just holding the whole constellation of sensations in awareness the buzzing blooming expansion and contraction of the sensations of our body. Maybe as we begin, useful to direct the attention to the breath, your breath as it's sensed across your whole body, sense of the whole body as if all the pores of your body were exchanging oxygen. On the inhale, can discern changes broadly across your body. On the exhale, a kind of ripple of sensation, maybe ease, sensed broadly across your body. 
a sense of using the breath, using the breath to smooth out the intensities and the dullnesses of your body. Often the the alarm bells of affect, of feeling, keep ringing. These alarm bells signaling something like opportunity or threat. Coming from inside our own body or outside it. Those alarm bells create the sense that something might be done. Something needs to happen. Something needs protecting. Rather than 
build, build our world out of those building blocks of feeling we become awake to the feeling itself as it manifests in our body. The tugs and surges often sensed along the front axis of the body. Face and throat, your chest and your belly. When we bring equanimity to this layer of experience, to these, this affect in the body, we start to know for ourselves that nothing needs to happen.
bathing the emotional circuits of your body in awareness and patience, radical permission, It is our vigilance that needs to keep track of past, present, future. Our vigilance that needs to keep track of pleasant and unpleasant, of self and other. of body and space. But as we come into this deep relationship with affect, begin to surrender some of this vigilance, the compulsive predictions of the next moment. Everything opens up.
when we release clinging, when we open the clenched fist of grasping, usually a kind of uh, impact on our feeling body. When we release thinking, usually an impact on our feeling body. The urge to cling, the urge to think, the drivenness of that. And that impulse to hold on can be known in our body, can be loved to death. The world doesn't need yourself, but it does need you.
as if the world is one gust of wind and you are another. And when they meet, what can be harmed?
it's good to sit with you. So, um, our, our suffering really hides out in habits, and habits hide out under the radar of awareness in unconsciousness. And in one sense, what happens after we stop meditating is more important than what happens when we are meditating. Yeah. We want to see what our attention does, what our mind does when it's unsupervised. Yeah. And so the bell rings and the sit ends, and then we kind of retreat to the kind of familiar home base, the sense of headquarters of I amness, and take stock. Yeah. How is that sit? How is this retreat? How is my life? How is the world? And it's a very natural impulse. But we don't want to mistake that for our home. And so the commitment is to um, the continuity of mindfulness, the continuity of awareness such that there are fewer pockets when we're not detecting the movements of our own mind. And it doesn't have to be some deep energetic effort. It's uh, just this very light, awake, to where the attention defaults to where I go, take stock, to where I try to make my home. And it's made out of thinking. That ground is made out of thinking, and we want to be awake to it. But this means that we have to blanket our day with some awareness. And this is part of the function of the walking practice of this alternating rhythm of stillness and movement. And any movement, no matter what the kind of condition of your your body, 
any movement is uh, an object of attention. And so there starts to be this um, sense of continuity, you know, it, it, it says sitting, walking, lunch, all these things, like, but um, we kind of only put the schedule up because if it was just a blank sheet that just said, wake up, <laughs> you all would freak out. <laughs> But that is the instruction. And the rest is kind of pretend. We don't know where the insight is going to come from. The nature of insight is that it's surprising that we keep kind of preparing the heart ground such that it's it's fertile for it to arise, but we don't know when it's coming. Maybe it's sitting or walking or maybe it's waiting in line, or putting on your shoes, or going to the bathroom, or laying down at the end of the day. Maybe it's eating. Cara's going to say some words about uh, mindfulness. Uh, with, uh, with eating. So, um, I don't know about you, but I found that when I eat on a meditation retreat, I get really, really good at pretending that I'm being mindful. <laughs> And this thing kind of happens when I go towards the dining hall where there's like this animal that starts to take over my body. And then there's this other part of me that's like, I'm, I'm being mindful, I'm being mindful, I'm being mindful, I'm being mindful. But I'm also like really irritated at everyone around me for going too slow, and I want to get more food, but I feel conflicted about it, and I want to eat it really fast, but I can feel conflicted about that too, and so I make it look like I don't care about the food. I'm just eating really slow, but I'm super impatient about it, and then I get to the end of the meal, and I want more, but I don't want anyone to know that I'm still hungry, and that I'm getting a lot of food still. And then I feel guilty because I ate too much. And then I feel really bad about myself afterwards. And I put my food down and I go back to my room and I like take a nap. And I feel bad about that too. And it's kind of ruining my whole day. So eating meditation is really complicated and hard. And 
we kind of have this idea that eating is like just, it's just good, pleasant, easeful, best part of my day is I get to eat this meal. Nothing else is happening here except for this awesome one pleasure three times a day. So we get really obsessed with it. But I think like anything that we love, anything that we have a lot of pleasure around, we tend to have like a ton of shame around it too or just a complicated relationship with it. So, um, you know, I think we have this association with mindfulness is like we're going really slow and we're paying super close attention and you pick up the fork and you slowly move it to your mouth and you slowly chew the food and you put the fork down between each bite and you close your eyes and you're with the food and you swallow the food and you just feel the goodness of the food. And that's really awesome when it happens that way. But it doesn't always happen that way. And it's not the only way to be mindful. And it's also not it can turn into suppressing our animal instincts. And I think if we were all to just eat however we really felt like eating, many of us would be covered in food at the end of the meal. (laughs) (laughs) And so I invite you to play a little bit with eating meditation. When, when I eat, I often find that that's the time that I like really, really, really want to distract myself. Like I really wish I had my phone and could just like read the news or check my email. I really wish I had something to read. And so what is that? Explore that a little bit. What is, why don't I just want to be with the food right now? If it's so good and I've been waiting for this moment all day, then why do I want to distract myself from it? What's going on besides just the pleasure there? And why is it so hard to put my fork down between bites? Why do I feel like I have to be looking for the next bite while I'm chewing this one that's already in my mouth? There's something that we feel terrified about experiencing the gap between pleasure. You know, it's not just neutrality there. There's something very intense that goes on in between pleasant moments, this kind of, we don't want to feel the shame maybe or the desperation or the what if it's gone or we don't want to, we want to pretend like it will never end. And we want to keep on pretending that the, the cookie is going to fill the hole. And we don't want to be with the hard truth that it's actually not. And then we can also get curious about, well, what is the hole that I'm trying to fill with this food? I want this so bad. Part of me knows that it's not going to satisfy me. What is that satisfaction that I'm trying to get? Because I say to myself that I really want lunch, but actually I really want a hug. 
And so I get a hug. It's just a different kind of hug. So that's just, there's so much more than just the tasting and the physicality of eating. That's, that can be something we can use as an anchor when we, when we do eating meditation. Just the, the raw physicality, be with, we can notice, well, why is this pleasant? What's pleasant about it? What, what makes the experience of eating pleasurable? But we can also acknowledge the, the wholeness of the truth of eating, which is that there's a lot more happening that's not just that, that simple kind of raw, visceral pleasure. There's also a lot of emotions that come up. There's fear. There's shame. There's anxiety. There's all kinds of stuff there. Um, it helps me a lot to bring my attention down to my belly, or even down lower if it's if that feels too intense to bring my attention all the way down to my feet, just as a way of grounding and centering. It also helps, and it's not easy, but it can help to just pause once in a while and take a few breaths. Um, and it's totally okay to experiment with just eating however you want to eat. You know, like, to if you feel like you need to do that away from the group so that it's not as embarrassing, you can do that. But, like, what does the animal in you want to do with that meal? And see if you can let it do that, but stay mindful. Stay present, because mindfulness, mindfulness doesn't have to look like going slowly and carefully. Mindfulness is really about a full honesty about what's happening, not a suppression of what's happening. So these are just different things to play with and, and pay attention to. And um, I just want to validate however you're feeling when it comes to food, that it's totally normal. And if it looks like everyone around you is indifferent to food, <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> Don't believe it. So um, we'll uh, begin uh, one-on-one meetings um, today, and half of you who had a meeting, a group on Sunday, will will have a, a one-on-one today, and um, the rest of you who had a group on Sunday will have a meeting tomorrow, and um, cars in the council house, same. Um, just next to the office there. And I'm in room one, which is right here next to the bathrooms. Brian in room two, which is right next to the room one. And um, and there was um, a, a small mistake in the schedule, so it got reposted last night. And so just check, check the schedule, confirm that uh, time and place. 
and um, um, you were introduced to uh, to Phoenix on the first night, and wanted to uh, warmly welcome, introduce Ismalia. Um, uh-huh. mm. Thank you. Yeah, so that's uh, another member of our our team here um, in the same same role as Phoenix, and so Ismalia is reachable through the same number for medical or emotional urgent medical or emotional needs. Instructions are are posted on the board. Um, um, okay, we're we're entering the kind of heart of the retreat and um, getting more sensitive, and so um, we, we try to keep the hall uh, still and quiet and. Uh, to to um, be beyond time for sits and minimize movement. If you need to move, that's really okay. Just do so quietly, and um, and we we practice being uh, precise but relaxed. Yeah, and. If there's noise, or of course there's comings and goings, different things, and that's okay. We treat that like the gust of wind, yeah, just blowing through the empty space of you, yeah, nothing to be harmed. And we keep uh, nurturing the the uh, the stillness, and silence. So please uh, have a have a rich day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.